Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, Duke loses at home to Miami, and a lot of reputable journalists, mainly ones who host podcasts with an alliteration title with the letter M, are sitting here wondering if Coach K and or Duke are washed and overrated. And five other ranked teams fell victim during Saturday's game, so we'll get into that right after this. Now, Biggs, I don't know if you had a chance to watch that Duke-Miami game last night, but it was a fun one. Yeah, it's always it's always fun when uh, when Duke loses. Dukies belong in the toilet, and when Duke loses, America wins. Yeah. Wait, did did you see me t- tweet that? <laughs> I, no. I, I tweeted literally that. Good, good. Wait, that's, I, I, I may have texted it to you to, to you also. Maybe. I can't remember. Maybe. Um, that's that's true though. <laughs> yeah, lots of lead changes in this. If I remember correctly, Miami jumped out to it. I think it was like sixteen to six or sixteen to eight lead. And then I checked like five minutes later, and it's twenty-one to sixteen Duke. So they basically went on a thirteen-zero run or something. Um, but after that, you know, just sort of went back and forth throughout the game. And towards the end, it seemed it seemed like Miami might be pulling away with like two two and a half minutes left. But Duke gets a cup like two three baskets in a row, including someone had like the uh, poker the poke steal from behind sort of thing, and then they push it up. I think they extended the lead to three at that point with maybe a minute left. And then Miami guard gets uh, gets an and one layup, a nice layup too. Misses the free throw. They get the offensive board, and then they convert to take the lead with probably 30, 30 or 40 seconds left. But all in all, just a fun game, Biggs. And you should have been watching. Yeah, I should have. It's it's a bummer. It was we had a pretty loaded slate Saturday. I think what we ended up learning on Saturday is you you you'd rather probably just not be ranked because if you're ranked, you're gonna lose. Yeah, especially if you're playing another ranked team. Like one of those ranked teams is gonna lose. No, 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 no. That's context we don't need to we don't need to talk about. Does if you are ranked, you're probably going to lose, and that's what happened yesterday. Six ranked teams ended up ended up losing. It was uh pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think as you talking about, you know, with this Duke team, how it can be a little like their weakness is their shooting. And I think it showed up yesterday. They only shot, you know, six of 21 from three and, you know, just couldn't get just couldn't pull away from them at, at the end. But even a bigger issue for them was 17 turnovers. Yeah, it's a team with a bunch of. I mean, their guards handle the ball a ton, and and Benchero handles the ball a ton. Or their guards, their guards are freshmen, right? Uh, um, Keels, Keels is a freshman. I don't know how many turnovers he had, but you know, he's he's he, he can be loose with the ball a little bit. Uh, Roach is only a sophomore, and he's not a particularly high end point guard. Um, and then Benchero also is a guy who who is uh, he's got the ball in his hands, making plays a lot. So. You know, turnovers are, are going to be something that, that that Duke team, I think, is going to run into sometimes because they have a lot of young guys. And uh, the shooting, too, is, is you know, that's going to be a thing that they struggle with that they're going to have to overcome. They, they have the athletes to do it. Um, I feel like sometimes the, the biggest issue maybe with that Duke team is, like, 
I feel like they forget Banchero's on their team. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, he still he had twenty last night, and like he only took like nine shots or something. Like, and, and I feel like there have been games where you watch them, and it's like, all right, things are going okay here, but it's like five or six possessions go by, and it's like Banchero doesn't have the ball, uh, and then it's like he has the ball five straight possessions, and it's like he scores every time. Mm. I, it's odd that they, it seems like they forget about him sometimes when he's on the floor. Yeah, and that's sometimes a problem with having so many guys who are, you know, up to be a high draft pick in the coming draft. Um, you know, Keels is a guy who likes to have the ball in his hands. Um, AJ Griffin's a guy who just came back recently, and he's been a very good player, but he also will hold the ball on a little too long sometimes too. Um, I also wanted to just talk about quick, you know, Miami, not just for this game, but for the season so far, they are now 4-0 and in the ACC, which their first three wins, NC State, Wake, and Syracuse aren't really ones that you write too much about. But they're 13-3 and overall. They got they got some good guards. And, like, I had talked about this team last year where, like, they had all these good players last year, but they're just so injury-prone. Well, now with having McGusty all season, having Isaiah Wong, who showed out last year and is still playing very well, and then they added Charlie Moore. Um, he's from DePaul, correct? Yep, and Kansas and Cal. <laughs> but this is a team that like could be – how do I explain this? I could see this team being like a double buy in the ACC tournament, like a top four in the ACC. Is that a tournament team then? I think so. Because there's probably, what, three tournament teams? In the, the ACC is Bad. not good. Yeah. It's, it's not good right now, and, and it's almost like – there's probably like four or five teams fighting for like two available spots because you know yeah. Duke's going to get in, yeah. but after that, it's it's hard to see the ACC getting more than more than two more. It know? could be a situation where like the fourth or the fifth seed in the ACC tournament wins the tournament, and we're talking about them being a bid stealer. Yeah, or you knock out maybe that, or 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 you knock out one of those other ACC teams that just aren't on real solid ground. It's like yeah. the bubble watch is basically just like. Tier two of the ACC. Yeah. But yeah, Miami, I mean, you're right. After they got off to a really slow start to the year where they lost to UCF early in the season, and then they got absolutely pummeled by uh, by Alabama. They lost by like 30 to Bama at some point in the season. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, we can just move Miami over here now and not really take them seriously. Uh, you know, and now they've, they've picked up, again, it's against tier two ACC teams, but they're beating the other teams that they're kind of associated with in the conference, and now you knock off Duke at Duke. It's impressive. And you're right, Cameron McGusty and Isaiah Wong uh, is a really good kind of guard duo on the wings. They play small. They play really small. They play like Nova did back in the day where they have four guards out there. They don't have like a big physical center. So they're going to play a style that I think is going to be hard for teams to match up with when you don't have a lot of prep time. Um, And Charlie Moore's playing okay for them. So, yeah, they've got some juice. Yeah, and then uh, you know they've they got some decent teams um, in the next couple of weeks. They got Florida State twice actually, and then what happened to them? Florida State's terrible. Yeah, they have not been very Weird Florida situation. State. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised by them. Yeah, and then uh, North Carolina and Virginia Tech. So you know, I say we'll we'll get like a good gauge on them, but I, I'm. Even when I say that, I still don't believe myself when I say just because the ACC is so bad. Yeah, can you get maybe can you get three of those four? I think that would right. be important if you're Miami. 
Now, there's a good game in the SEC yesterday, two bigs, as uh, LSU takes it to Tennessee. Were you able to watch this one? Yeah, yeah. The the, the SEC games were kind of dominating the ESPN um, inventory yesterday. Here is here is the, uh, the, the I, I have I have a question for you. Okay. You you watch college football, correct? To a certain extent, not not as much. Do as you have know. opinions on college football, like yeah, just sure. as a whole, college football. What do you it, what do you not like about college football? What do you like about college football? Are there things you like and dislike? The main thing I like about just college basketball as a whole is the atmosphere of these games. What about college football? The atmosphere. You like the atmosphere. Okay, yes. what don't you like? What don't I like? I don't like the whole uh, targeting gets you ejected. Okay. Anyway, what else? I don't, I don't like that. Um, I don't like the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Whoa. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You were supposed to say a couple of different things. One, the lack of parity in college football gets frustrating. Okay. There are a lot of blowouts. The second, games take four and a half hours. Okay. Games take so long in college football. Right, you've noticed this. They take so long. Yep. It's the almost SEC, like playoff, playoff baseball. Playoff baseball takes forever. Yeah, college football is like playoff baseball. Yeah. I think we can put SEC basketball into that bin now where the games take so long. Do that. I feel like I feel like every time I've watched an SEC basketball game in the last like three weeks, the game like you know how they, they, they have a game that'll start at six and then the next one starts at eight. It's like that game that starts at eight. We're like halfway through the first half by the time the first game is over. <laughs> so it's is that what happened least, here? It's happened at least three times. Yeah, this one, and it's like absurd things. I think a couple weeks ago, the floor was super wet. So like the ref, multiple times during the second half, would just he'd throw the ball to the free throw kid. The kid at the free throw line would throw back to him, and he'd have to towel it off. Then he, then he walks over to the sideline, has to get a new ball, and he towels that one off. And today, in, in, in Saturday's game, like we're like three minutes to go in the game, and it's like a 15-point game. There's something wrong with the net. And so they oh, take yeah, them, I did see that. I did see messing that. with the net. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? And we I just feel, get this game over with. I don't know if, like, because I've seen them replace the nets in, like, college or the NBA. And, like, it's not t- – I've replaced nets. I don't know if their nets are differently and their rims are different, and so they have to do it differently, but they take way too long. It, it took forever, and there was, like, 45 fouls in the game, so, like, both teams were in the double bonus. It's like, can we just get this game over with? It wasn't really all that competitive. No. I don't know. I don't know what it is. These SEC basketball games, like a, a typical college basketball game, probably takes what two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, I swear these are taking like two hours and like twenty five minutes. Yeah, I think North Carolina's yesterday was like an hour forty five, just because I mean, they blew. There's up a lot of stoppages. They blew up Virginia, and Virginia runs down the shot clock every possession, so it's going to be a shorter game. Right. These teams, I think they play at such a fast. I feel like the SEC teams, without without looking trying to find stats to back up my opinion. I'm just going to assume my opinion's right. Uh, we always I think they all, they all play with such a high the high tempo, but they also play with such a high like defensive intensity that like they're initiating action like every 15 seconds, and there's like a foul call every like probably a good chance there's a foul call every like 20 to 25 seconds in the game. So mm-hmm. there's just constantly something. It's, oh, it's, it's one of my pet peeves when I have a game that's six – and a game at eight. It's one of my pet peeves if that game at six isn't over by eight, so I can't see the starting line of the next game. It's who I am. It's the way I'm wired. I'm sorry it is, but damn, these SEC games take forever. Uh, but uh, clouds, yeah, LSU looks legit. Outside? Are there clouds outside? 
Ooh, it actually looks pretty clear down here in South Dakota. Shit. I know. Never mind. See if there's any see if there's anybody walking out of my lawn. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just pulled up the box score here. Yeah, and the first thing I see is twenty four points off the bench for Tari Eason. Well he's That's like the leading scorer, so Yeah, why is he coming off the bench? I don't know. Just be I don't know, maybe it was late to class or something. Could be. Do you deal with that sometimes? How many minutes did he play? I mean he played probably what thirty minutes. Yeah, he played 32 minutes. So, I mean, he's he's probably one of their best players. He's been – you know, that's a guy that we didn't talk about when we were talking about LSU prior to the season starting. You know, he was a transfer from Cincinnati. And, you know, I think he was a guy – he was just a guy at Cincinnati. He averaged like eight points a game maybe for them. And, um, well, he looks like a – he's a force out there, though. I mean, he's like, what, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he is really active defensively. He guards, uh, he guards people on the perimeter. He can guard big guys. He takes it to the rim. He had a couple just filthy kind of dunks over somebody where it's like, I think he dunked over a guy and the, the commentator was like, that man's got a family. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was good. I, I enjoyed that. But like, he plays like a, he plays like a Cincinnati guy, you know, like he just, he looks like he's out there. To, he, he takes no prisoners. I'll put it that way. He's a, he's a good player. Yeah. And then LSU team, we talked about not being good this year, but now they, they get a very quality win here against a Tennessee team and, you know. I mean, they had a quality week. Yeah. Be Kentucky. Be Kentucky and Tennessee. That's pretty good. Yeah. And so, I mean, they got, like, three guys averaging double figures. You mentioned Tari Eason at 16 points, uh, Darius Day, Xavier Pinson. And so it's just a team who I don't think they're – I mean, they they could push for, like, the best team in the SEC, but I think mainly they just bring – they really bring up the the mid-tier of the SEC very high. Yeah, I think at, at this point it's like Auburn. Auburn has probably earned. They are probably the top team in the SEC right now, and they and they're looking like a top ten team in the country. Uh, tier two of the SEC though is in a different order, I think, than we kind of thought. And the only team really that's underachieved uh, is Arkansas, but uh, Alabama too. But Alabama's still up there in probably tier two. LSU, Tennessee has days. They're they're good. They're kind of feast or famine. And Kentucky uh, and Mississippi State. So, like, I, I think LSU is the best of that bunch yeah. right now. You know, I mean, they're probably a top twenty team, and they they look really good. And and for all the crap Will Wade has gotten over the years about not being a very good coach, uh, you know, he gets a lot of good recruits, but doesn't coach very well. Uh, his teams win a ton. You know, I mean, LSU I think has won won the conference like two of the last. They've got like the most conference wins I think in the last. Like three years, like I don't remember what the stat is, but like LSU is always one of the best teams in the league. So they're 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 back. I don't know if they went anywhere, but they're back. It's just fun to say a team's back. You know, people like doing that. Um, the thing I'm concerned about now is Xavier Pinson went down towards the end of this game. Before we had the net kerfuffle, uh, Xavier Pinson went down with like a non-contact injury. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll wait to see what happened with him because if he's out. That that hits. That's a that's a huge hit for them. They don't have a ton of guard depth, and not that he is a, not that he's like a game changer, you know, at that point guard spot, but he's a sure-handed, he's a senior, and they don't really have a lot of other perimeter experience. So, not that I don't think that's something that's going to like if he's out, which mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. If he if he's out, I don't think it's something that like tanks them and just craters their team, but I do think that hurts them. Yeah, it hurts them a lot, I think. 
Um, keep you in the SEC. Auburn beats Florida, and then you you are just talking about the struggles Alabama has had, and they go to Missouri yesterday and they lose by six. And this is a team now is eleven and four, and really like none of their losses I can look at and say like it's a high, however you want to phrase it, a high quality loss. Um, and yeah, this team is sort of like one that we thought would be top two or three, if not number one in the SEC. And now they're sort of falling back into that, I don't know, five, six, seven range in the SEC. Yeah. They don't play any defense. You know, you give 90 something to Missouri. Missouri's a horrendous offensive team. They're in like the two hundreds when it comes to offensive efficiency. You go up 90 to them. And I think someone, someone last night on the broadcast was talking about, it wasn't like it was a raucous crowd at Mizzou. It wasn't like you walk into a, a hostile atmosphere and you know the place is just going crazy. Um, like a court storm would have would have constituted like fifteen people just kind of milling around the gym last night for Missouri. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't like a packed place. Alabama, I think, just you know, this is. You know, I'm gonna make a maybe make a uh, I'll make a leap a little bit on the way Alabama approaches things. We, how would you describe Nate Oates as a coach? Not not from a basketball perspective, just his personality. First word that comes to your mind. Confrontational. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. I was going to say cocky motherfucker. Okay. Super that, cocky. That, that, that's, that's two words, though. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to turn it into one word because I'm an English okay. teacher and I can't. Okay. Uh, wouldn't you say he's super cocky, arrogant, right? Yeah, he is. He has, he has, or, or if people like him, it's he's got a swagger. Right, he's got swagger. I just think I'm confrontational because of the comments of Coach K from a year ago. You really can't get the Coach K. Your Coach K is so in your head right now, and so is so is. Uh, he's, he's living rent free. Yeah, he really is. Well, he's only got one more year there, so hopefully the, the lease is almost up. True, but uh, he, he's going to leave it so messy. I'm, I'm going to have so many repairs after that. You know, and, and he, he has. He's, the, not, he's, he's not getting his deposit back. No, he definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. None of the security deposit. In fact, you should probably. Well, no, he he. You know, he did he did do the thing where he gave you plenty of notice. <laughs> very true. Very true. You can't can't hold that against him. I guess I could rent it out early if I wanted to. You really could. Yeah. Oh man, where were we? We were talking about oats. Um, and he had the thing here against Houston, where you know some people some people thought it was hilarious. The the thing where he's standing at half court with the with the empty handout. He's I thought it was hilarious. Like, yeah, it is hilarious. But like you can tell he has like this arrogant personality. Um and I'm guessing his team now probably gets some of they they play like they played like this Missouri team, like they were just gonna walk in and kick their ass. And I, I wonder if like his personality is like that. I'm wondering if this team plays a little bit like they're living off of last year's success in that we're just gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and like we're not gonna worry about um the process and making sure we're better. We're just going to, we're just going, the defense is just going to fix itself because the defense was good last year. And that's not the case. Their defense is terrible and they're not that good. Their offensive efficiency is actually decently high, but their defense is pathetic. And they lose these, like you said, they lose kind of some weird games. Their best loss is probably to Davidson, which Davidson looks good. They're the best team in the A-10, but some of these losses are just kind of odd, you know, and and I'm wondering if that comes from the coach, not necessarily not prioritizing, but just the coach's arrogance 
feeds into the players now have an arrogance that, you know, oh, it's, it's just Davidson. I guess we'll just show up and kick their ass because it's Davidson and we're Alabama. With that said, I mean, <clears throat> I think Auburn and LSU, after that, I mean, in that, in that tier of SEC teams, you've got Kentucky, Auburn, or no, Kentucky, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Florida, even as disappointing as Alabama has been, uh, they're probably like fourth, yeah. right, in the league. You've got Auburn, LSU, and probably Kentucky. Yeah. You know, they're better than Florida. They just beat them. I do think they're better than Tennessee. Tennessee's, I don't know, Tennessee's weird to me. Uh, they're so they're so hot and cold. Are they, back to, be the time frol- are they back to be in the Frolanteers? Yeah, they, they might not even be ranked after this week. So maybe yeah. they're not even frolic. You can't be frauds if you're not ranked. True. But I always just want more, you know, and um Florida Florida's okay. They're 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 nothing they're just kind of another decent team, you know. Yeah. They're yeah. like a seven seed in the tournament or a ten seed or something like that. Uh let's see. Let's switch over to a different conference. Um and I'm thinking of the Big Twelve here, but first I have to say something, Biggs. History happened yesterday. North okay. Carolina got their first ever win against a team who won a national championship the year after losing to a 16 seed. Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. And, okay, I found this site where it just lists all like the results between those two teams. North Carolina hadn't won since February 18th of 2017 against Virginia. And since then, they've had points of 43, 49, 63, 61, 47, 62, 48. Apparently that 70 is that spot where they have to get to, to beat Virginia. Well, that's where you got to get to win by 20. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So 50 is really the mark, which they never get to, which is yeah. amazing. Um, all right. Good deal. That was a, yes. yeah, that was a nice win. Yeah. A lot uh, of the best stuff happened in the big 12. Yes. And Iowa States who their team, we talked about who we just don't know how to peg them. They, they played very competitively against Baylor a week ago. Um, they get a win in a, from what I heard, a very ugly game against Texas Tech. No offense in that game. It's no. 51-47. And then yesterday they lose to an unranked Oklahoma team, even though like they actually, they shot the ball very well. But looks like they played no defense because Oklahoma shot 62% from the field. Yeah, the Big 12 is weird. I mean, I mean, that's like the only way to describe it is just it's weird besides Baylor. Baylor just kicks everyone's ass, although they haven't really played anybody good yet. So I, they're, they're, their tough stretch, I think, is kind of coming, although they played Oklahoma. But, um, you know, Oklahoma loses to Baylor, then they beat then they beat Iowa State. Texas Tech loses to Iowa State, and they beat Kansas. Uh, Texas loses to somebody and then beat somebody else. There's it's just like it's like the NFL where there's like a circle of parity where it just really doesn't make any sense. Like these teams are all just gonna. I think the Big Twelve might be this year's Big Ten, in that everybody is just gonna. The results just a night to night to night is just not gonna make any sense. You know, like last year, remember Michigan was like they crushed Wisconsin one week. Or I remember it was they crushed everybody last year, but they beat Wisconsin by like forty on like a Tuesday night. And then Minnesota played them on a Saturday, and Minnesota beat them by twenty. You know, and it's just there were just results like that all year, where it's just like, what the hell is going on? Like the transit of property just clearly doesn't exist in this conference, and I think that's the case. I think Iowa State is coming back to the pack, um, like we thought they would in conference play. Yep, they're going to have to find a way to gut out six or seven more of those wins like they got over Oklahoma because their offense is atrocious. Usually, it was okay yesterday, but. 
they're going to have to win with defense and their offense that they're not going to be able to win games in the seventies and eighties. They're going to have to find a way to just muck games up and make it really ugly. Yep. Yet, you know, I, I do, th- I, I don't think that team is great. And I think they're coming back to the pack a little bit. Yep. Uh, you know, you, and you saw it yesterday, an Oklahoma team that I think is okay, but not great. And that Oklahoma team ran away from them in the second half. Well, Oklahoma so, is another one of those middle of the pack teams. Yep, that's another one of the middle pack Big Twelve teams that I think is is fine. They hung tough with Baylor. It was kind of one of the. It was the same game basically against Iowa State as it was against Oklahoma for Baylor, where it's like they're up by eight and they just kind of stay that way the entire game. You know, it just never gets it never gets close enough where you think they're going to win. It never gets far enough away where you can force yourself to turn the channel and not think about it. It's one of those. Um, but I like Oklahoma. I think we talked about them in the offseason that I think I think Oklahoma's fine. You know, uh, they'll be ranked every once in a while. They'll come up with a couple wins now and they'll get ranked and then they'll lose a couple games and they'll fall out of the rankings. And yep. it's one of those teams. <clears throat> well, it's just tough to pay them. You know, they have two of the guys they're going to really rely on are the Groves brothers from Eastern Washington. So it's just tough to peg them and see, you know, where they could be 70% players, where they could be 40% players. You don't know. Um, yeah, the, big, the bigger one's been been a good been a good addition. The younger one barely plays. He comes off the bench a little bit and averages like five points a game or something. But you know they've got they've got they've got good experience on the like they just don't have a ton of. They're just one of those teams that doesn't have like they're they don't have a like an all conference caliber kind of player. Like they they don't have great individual talent. They just don't. And like Porter Moser. It's it's a it's almost very similar to the team he had last year with Loyal Chicago in that the sum of the the sum of the parts is greater than. Uh, oh, uh, I well, should have looked this up after last. We week, just did so. this, yeah. The whole yeah. is greater than the sum of the parts. Is that how that goes? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Basically, it's code for like the players actually suck, but somehow the team is good. Yes, you know, and that's and that's kind of what it is. The players there, like none of them really bounce off the bounce off the page for you. They've got just like a bunch of. They've got just a bunch of solid guys. Now, there's actually two other. You know, we talked in the in the intro about six teams uh, that were ranked losing. Two other ones from came from the Big Twelve in Kansas and Texas. And Texas loses to Oklahoma State. Um, and Texas now, you know, they, just in the Big Twelve play, like that was really their first sort of test was Oklahoma State, and it's a stretch for me to really call it a test. Um, they've beaten West Virginia. They've beaten Kansas State. Um, but still, this is a team that just looking at their schedule, they don't really have any high quality wins. And no, they're ranked fourteenth right now. They're twelve and three. I know, obviously, drop down some, but I, I just don't know where to put this team. Yeah, I don't know either. They're they're kind of that. They're like that meme where it's like the uh, the stick figures like poking at like the dead thing. It's like, hey, do something, do something. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I feel like they're that team right now. It's like, hey, can you can you do something, please? Like we we think you're good, but like you haven't done anything yet. They beat the corpse of West Virginia, and West Virginia had none of their guys, so it's like you can't really count that as a great win. And other than that, they lost to Gonzaga. They got killed by Gonzaga. You know yep. that was that was like one of those where it's like, whoa, we should probably just not rank you based on that one. Um, lost to Seton Hall, another good yep. team, and now you've lost Oklahoma State, which is not a not a great team. They're not as good as. I thought they'd. I thought they'd be better. Uh, yeah, I thought I we'd get that Oklahoma State team this year. I, I still. I still hold on to the fact. I just. I just think. I just wonder how much the impact of like getting the tournament taken away from you before the season starts. Um, 
sort of ruins the psyche of the guys. Yeah, it just takes yeah. away your takes right, away. What, your, what, what are we even playing for? Almost a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And and I think they're going to be good enough. They're they're good enough. I think they're going to do this a couple more times this year where they'll get up and they're good enough to beat teams. But Texas is just. I don't know. They're, I don't think they're bad, but they're clearly not a top five team. Like they were ranked in the preseason. People overreacted big time to all the transfers. Yep. Uh, they're just who would, who would do that? Yeah. Who? Nobody. Not us. Who, who would no talk way. about them on every single offseason podcast? Yeah. Um, I just think they're, I just think they're whatever, you know, and like the pieces don't fit all that great. And <clears throat> I don't think the talent is so robust that maybe it's a little less robust than we kind of thought. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I do think now some of this was, it's not necessarily like they're, they look worse than I guess we thought, but we also did kind of hold out to the wait until see what Texas looks like. Come, you know, conference time. Yep. February, you know, later, later in the year, it's a team that in theory should continue to get better. It's not going to look, it might not be pretty early in the year. And it hasn't really been. So, yeah, that's Texas for you. Yeah, and I remember – I'm just looking at their box score here. We talked about um, Devin Askew, and I think we even compared him to almost taking the uh, Johnny Juzang sophomore leap, you know, getting away from Kentucky and then, you know, flourishing. And this maybe this is before Marcus Carr also came there and sort of probably took his spot a little bit. He's averaging 1.9 points per game, and that's mm-hmm. not even at Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, yeah, that's like five points average. That's not even impressive there. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just not very good. Uh, that's, that's, that's probably the case. I, I bet you he transfers again. He's probably going to go to like, I don't know, Pepperdine or something after this and, and look like a good player. But yep. yeah, I don't, I, when, when we mentioned that, that comparison though, I, I do think there's some context there. He, he wasn't ever going to put up Johnny Juzang numbers at Texas because of the, the Texas True. team had a bunch of other guys on it. But it was one of those where maybe you get away from Kentucky and you look like a better player, not even averaging, you know, you don't have to average 17 points to look like a better player. Um, but yeah, he, he's just not very good. You know, no, he isn't. I was never impressed with him last year. Either. That's that's the, but, but, but blaming Devin Askew for Texas being bad is like blaming, uh, you know, the, uh, the, 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 uh, <clears throat> the backup left guard for the Vikings being seven and nine or whatever they are. Like well, he's been awful though. Yeah, but he plays like ten minutes a game. Like he's not he's not like a big factor in their team. I think Marcus Carr not being very good is a bigger factor in Devin than 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 Devin Askew. Like Carr hasn't been very good. He's right. averaging like ten points a game and he shoots like he shoots less than forty percent from the field. He still pounds the air out of the ball. Yep. Uh, I think Timmy Allen is is fine, but Andrew Jones and, and Courtney Courtney Ramey haven't been as good. I think both those guys have taken kind of steps back with all these yep. transfers coming in. Um yep. I just think I think that's the team that's they're literally the opposite of Oklahoma. They're similar in that they took on a ton of transfers, but they're almost the opposite in that the individual talent on that roster like does not the results right now are not are not to the level of the individual talent. Correct. I agree with that. Painful of individuals. Yes. Improving their draft stock, maybe. At least attempting to. Yeah. Now, the other game, Texas Tech against Kansas. And for Texas Tech, you know, they beat Kansas by eight. Um, they had sort of a down and up week. You know, I mentioned the terrible offensive performance against Iowa State losing there. And now they have Baylor on the docket for, I believe that's, uh, that's Tuesday night. Um, and it should be a good game. Um, and that's one where 
That's at Baylor, though. Maybe not. Is that when Baylor's going to lose? Probably not. Uh, probably not. But, I mean, man, it's like, can – you know what's amazing about this is that Texas Tech was without their two best players. Like, Terrence Shannon didn't play, and neither did Kevin McCuller. If, if either of those guys ever get back healthy – this Texas Tech team could be could be solid. Like, how's Old Banner been? I haven't. Nah, he's been okay. He's, he's one, kind he, of another he, guy. He was one of the transfers I was intrigued by coming from Oral Roberts, but yeah, he's averaging just under nine points per game. Yeah, he's he's just another guy. Um, I think he's one of those guys that would probably look better with more talent on the floor, where he can slide down the scouting report. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, beating Kansas without those two guys is, is impressive, you know, and especially coming off a of lost Iowa State. It's uh, it's another one of those where just the Big 12 doesn't make any sense. It's wacky, you know, because they do. I mean, that's another team that, I mean, the Big 12, we talked about this, I think, all offseason where these teams are just, they're deep. The depth on Kansas, the depth on Texas, the depth with, with Oklahoma and Texas Tech, there's so many guys. And, like, Texas Tech's clearly got a lot of guys. They're without their top two, and they still have. Adonis Arms, who's a good transfer. Bryson Williams, who's been awesome for them. The transfer from, I want to say UTEP, maybe. Um, you know, Banner's been fine. And uh, who, who else is there? They, they've got they've got a handful of guys. Like their depth is still decent. Like yep. you know, so like Texas Tech, I think has a chance to be. You know, they're solid, but I'd love to see them at full strength. I feel like they haven't played a game this year at full strength. Even against Tennessee, I don't think they had. I don't think they had Shannon in that win. I just think they've 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 had guys in and out, which is, I suppose, just what it's gonna what life is gonna be. It's like maybe that is quote unquote our new normal. Just yep. Guys constantly missing games, floating in and out of the fucking lineup, like like you never know what's is going that, on. Is that what the reason they're out, or are they hurt? I think both those guys are hurt. Okay. Um, Shannon's been out for a while now. It's been a couple of weeks, but every time you look, like every news, every every time they play, it's Shannon unlikely tonight. Return close clo- close to return. I feel like that's been about three weeks though, so I don't even know what's wrong with him. But he's a guy that would certainly give you a shot maker and give you some juice. And then McCuller, who's one of my favorites, he's he's just a, a rock solid all around guy. So, um, he, 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 here's a question for you, Biggs. I'm looking at the box score here. I see David McCormack did not start yesterday and only had 14 minutes. Is there something? Is there a story there? He didn't start earlier in the week either in their win over um, <clears throat> whoever they played earlier in the week. I don't remember who they played. They played like TCU or something. Um, he didn't start in that game either. So he's, he's, he's coming off the bench. And now he played really well in that last one. On yeah. Saturday, he sucked. But uh, on Tuesday, whoever they played, I really don't remember who they played. And I'm not going to look it up because I don't care. But he had like 20 and 15 off the bench, really? which was awesome. Yesterday, he played like 10 minutes. Yeah, he didn't play didn't much at all. But I mean, it's tough. It's it's tough to uh, get playing time over Mitch Lightfoot, though. Well, he only played like twelve minutes. Yeah, I know. Well, I, know I don't <laughs> they, really know. They what's must going have on. extremely small. They must have had Jalen Wilson be their center from time to time. Yeah, well, he played well, but I think <clears throat> or he scored. Yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't remember thinking much. But um, you know, McCormick is that's a problem. He's not playing very well for them right now, and and I think. Him and Wilson, we talked about this on our last pod. Those two guys have both – they've struggled. As good as Kansas has been to start the year, it's really – it's really entirely because of Abaji and Christian Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, Which that's – we did not expect to be saying that at this point in the season. 
No, those two, those two guys have been good, but like McCormick's given them basically nothing. Jalen Wilson's almost given them essentially nothing until yesterday. And then uh, uh, who's the point guard that they got from Arizona State? Uh, Remy. And, and like, yeah, with Christian Brown, he's one where I was like, I'm looking at like who they had returning and who the transfers they had coming in. I was like, is Brown going to get pushed to the bench? Like, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, he's taking it. He's taking the leap. He's he's been really good. Um, but even Remy Martin came off the bench yesterday and barely played. So I don't know if I don't know what's going on there with with that one. He I know he kind of played like crap in their previous game, but I I'm not really sure if it was an illness. Maybe he was late to class. Maybe he's just being a dickhead. I, I'm not really sure. But um, I guess I'm not panicking yet with Kansas. I feel like Kansas will just. It's kind of one of those teams that. It's like uh like an NBA stories, you know, like the top team loses a couple games in, in week like you know, a random week in January and like the media has to like manufacture some sort of is there something wrong with the Warriors? Uh no, they're gonna win seventy three games. So uh <laughs> it's just a long season. We have to like find a way to like make things interesting. I feel like Kansas is that. Like I, I feel like if you just don't overreact to anything, don't really react at all, like they're they're gonna be ranked in the top ten. They're probably gonna be a one, two, three seed somewhere in there. They're gonna win a ton of games. And that's all. That's all there is to it. But they do need those big guys to start playing better. McCormick is, I don't know, him and Wilson have been just so inconsistent. And those two guys were last year by by the end of the year, those guys were really humming. They they need to get those guys going. Yep. All right. Now, any other games from the Big Twelve you can think of? Any other topics? Really, I can't really. Think uh, of West Virginia beat Kansas State. I know they were down by like 17 in that game at one point early in the game, and then they ended up coming back and winning. So yeah. uh, that's nice. I think that's all of them, to be honest with you. I don't even know if there was another Big 12 game. Yeah, uh, Baylor, I guess, beat TCU. And then I really only had one more game from yesterday, um, being Saturday, to talk about. And that was that Seton Hall versus UConn game. And game goes into overtime, and Seton Hall ekes out a three-point win. And the star of the game is your boy, Kadari Richmond. Scoring twenty seven points on thirteen shots. He had twenty five in the second half. He was awesome. He had the he had the game kind of clinching and won. Um, yeah, he's been he's been a stud for them. And like Seton Hall's deep, where I don't think his numbers his numbers aren't as good as I probably thought they would be. Yep. But Seton Hall, another one of those teams that just loaded up in the yeah. transfer portal. They have like nine guys. Like they're they've got just like a bunch of. I feel like a broken record here, but like they've got just like a bunch of rock solid guys on their team. Well, you know Roden I mean? and Roden and Aiken have been great for them this year too. Yeah, Rod and Roden is kind of like your your stud, like alpha, and then and like Aiken will have nights where like, holy shit, this guy's awesome, and then Trey Jackson will have games where it's like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? And like he's great, and like Alexis Yetna, who didn't even play yesterday, but like when he plays, like this guy's an impact guy, and and same thing with they've got just they've got uh, Jameer Harris, another guy who can like bomb threes if you if you leave him open. And then games where he doesn't really do anything, and and I think they've just got they've got just so much diversity in their lineup that they can do so many guys can hurt you that they don't necessarily need any one guy to really go off. Uh, they're 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 scary. They're tough. I mean, they hung tough yeah. with Nova. They've just they don't even have all their guys. That's another team kind of like Texas Tech, where I don't even know if they've had their entire like like group of guys yet. Like they're they're solid and they're deep, and if they can ever get all of their pieces back. They've they've got enough guys to to win the Big East, I think. Yeah, and like I'm looking at their schedule, they have no bad losses that I see. They're eleven and three. Their three losses come against Ohio State, 
Providence and Villanova. So like the team with no bad losses, I could see his team come tournament time being in that four to five range seed range. Yeah, probably something like that. It's a quality team. And like we talked about Villanova being the best in the big East and like, like two through seven being just a crapshoot. Maybe Seton Hall's the best in the Big East. You don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think. I think honestly, like one through, one through seven, one through eight, right now. I think Villanova's maybe separating themselves a little bit. But I mean, their win over Seton Hall was when Seton Hall had like seven guys. You know. So I mean, who knows? I mean, I think. I think Seton Hall's right there. They're they're good enough to to win the conference. I think. Yeah. All right. Any other games from yesterday you can think of to talk about? Yeah, I think. I think maybe one of the most significant conference game or uh, individual games from yesterday was San Diego state beating Colorado state by 30. Yeah. And Colorado state was one of those teams that was sort of becoming the darling of the mid major teams. And yeah, I didn't even watch that game, but damn, they got pummeled. Were they losing it? Were they, did they miss anyone from yesterday or anything? They had, they had all their guys. They were, uh, they're ranked 20th. I mean, they were yeah. supposed to play Alabama a couple of weeks ago and that game got canceled because of COVID, but they went into this one, you know, as a lot of people are thinking, hey, Mountain West contender here. And San Diego State said, not so fast, my friend. Conference still is uh, still is ours. You you have to beat us to win the Mountain West. Um, it was it was basically close throughout the first half. I think San Diego State got out to a little bit of an early lead, but it was a four-point game at half. And, and San Diego State just put the absolute yeah. class on in the second half. Colorado State came into the game, like, offensively, the top three-point shooting team in the country, averaging like seven turnovers a game, like every offensive number you want, they were like one of the best teams at. And they shot 27% from the field. They made three threes. They had 17 turnovers. That's pretty good. Yeah, San Diego State, they're fourth in defensive efficiency. It's going to be a team that they're not going to look very good offensively on a lot of nights. And – you know, I know when I, I – I've only seen San Diego State, I think, a couple times this year. I watched them play against USC early in the year, and I was like, oh, my God, this team is – they're setting basketball back here. This is rough. Their offense isn't pretty. It's never going to be. But the way they play defense, I, I think I think they're probably the favorite in the conference in the Mountain West. Yeah, and it's weird to say it, especially you – know, this is the first loss for, uh, for Colorado State. Now, as far as just the Mountain West, how, how much does this hurt – how much does this hurt uh, Colorado State in that, you know, like how many teams will make it out of this conference? Like, like I, if, they, if they just lose the conference title game or if they lose in the semifinals of the conference tournament, are they still in? I would I would assume so. I mean, assuming you do well enough in the conference, if you finish like right. second, if San Diego State wins it and Colorado State's second, I think they're in. Mountain West yeah. generally gets, what, three teams in probably? Yeah, yeah. So I, I would assume so. San Diego State – Colorado State are probably only your two, like, I won't even say locks, but, like, those are probably the two most likely. Um, yeah, after that, though, the conference ain't great. Like, Utah State, I think, is is okay, but they're not, mm-hmm. you know, they're not great. Nevada has been way worse than I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be a lot better. They've been bad. And I think Boise is just kind of like, they're, they're fine, but, like, nothing special. Yep. I think those are the two teams. So it'll be really interesting when these two teams play again. Um, if it can be a little better, because this one was not good. And was this at? I think this was a home game too, if I'm not mistaken. For Colorado State, wasn't this in Colorado? Uh, no, San Diego. Oh, it was okay. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see then if uh, if they can exact revenge maybe at home later in the year. Yep. Now Thursday had a good slate of games, Bigs, and 
one of them with uh, possible player of the year candidates in it between Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray. And both players played very well. But Wisconsin was definitely in control throughout that game. And they get a good win over an Iowa team. And then Indiana gets a home win against ranked Ohio State also. Yeah, can we just talk about Wisconsin for like a yeah. little bit here? I mean, like, talk about a great week. You know, they, they get a win over uh, over a solid Iowa team that's kind of like in the preseason, probably in the same tier as them, which is like tier two or three in the Big Ten. Uh, and then they start the week, though. I mean, Johnny Davis, like that wasn't even like close to his best performance of the week. He had 37 and a win over Purdue. Yep. At Purdue. Yeah. <clears throat> this man's come out of nowhere. I mean, he's been, he's been amazing. And... You know, I think, you know, I hear Parrish talking about it on the on the Eye of College Basketball podcast. He keeps talking about how Johnny Davis is literally coming out of nowhere and how it's a great story. Um, I think a lot of people peg Johnny Davis as a as a as a legitimate breakout candidate. I mean, he was a good player last year for Wisconsin. If you watch Wisconsin last year, they just had so many. They were older than the Chicago Bulls, right? That was the yep. old joke that everyone kept making. Like they had so many fifth and sixth year seniors that like you, you got to play them, right? You can't just bench these guys for a freshman. But when he played, it feels like shit got done. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was, he was solid. And so, I think it was it was reasonable to think this kid will jump from seven points a game to fifteen, right? Yep. He, he's gonna be a breakout guy. But it, it's true. I mean, he's been maybe the best player in the country so far. He's probably the, he's definitely the the leading candidate for the player of the year in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know when it comes to like the entire country. I'm not I'm not good at like taking all of the players in the entire country and thinking about that. But, but I mean, he's, he's been awesome. And I tell you what, you, you put 37 on Purdue at Purdue. Uh, that's impressive. And Wisconsin is going to be ranked in probably the top, what, 15 at worst. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe and the top 10. they have one loss, don't they? Or two losses. Uh, they got two losses, 12 and two. And one of them was without Johnny Davis. Yeah. So. I don't and know. it's funny, you know, I think I saw the other day that, was the top two or top three leading scorers in the country came from the Big Ten. And the two I know for sure were, I think number one and two were uh, Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray. And I think uh, I think it must have been Coburn was third. Yep. But yep, I think we still. talked about, like, when we were doing the Big Ten preview, about how, much, how, how the Big Ten is loaded at the post position. And we were trying to come up with our, like, all Big Ten team. And we're just coming up with all sorts of centers. But yeah, it's, it's, it's it's almost turning into more of like the swingman conference with Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis. Yeah, Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, EJ Liddell is kind of more of a he's more yeah. of like a four, you know, than he is a than he is a true big. So it's true. Yeah, I mean that league is just it's it's amazing. You're right. How the the I mean, there's still incredible bigs in the league with with Coffee and, and Travion Williams has been awesome lately, and uh, you know Hunter Dickinson hasn't been as good, but. Yeah, you're right with the with those true swings like Johnny Davis and, and Keegan Murray, and I would put Liddell into that into that mix too. But yeah, the Big Ten is it's crazy the individual talent level on that team. Like you could literally have, you know, the the All American team at this point could have all Big Ten guys, yeah. couldn't it? I mean, you could have Johnny Davis, Kofi, uh, you know, EJ Liddell, Keegan Murray, and then probably no. Banchero probably or something. I don't know. No, but, he's not big. He's not. Yeah, he. Yeah. He. No. You know. He just lost to Miami. He can't be on the All American team. Yeah, it's true. But true. yeah. Well, I mean, let's just turn this portion of the show into talking about the Big Ten, and like, 
I think we sort of like uh, shortened up this portion of last week's episode. We we can spend a little time here, but you know we talked about Wisconsin, we talked about Purdue, we've talked about Iowa. Uh, Michigan's obviously the one that sucks. I don't know if we talked about Michigan State much, have we? Well, there wasn't much to say because I think what we said last week stays the same because I don't know if they played any games. They played Penn State last Sunday and they they beat them. Oh yeah, and their game against Michigan got postponed. They got a big test on Wednesday though. Who do they play Wednesday? Minnesota. Do they really again? They do. That one's at Michigan State then too. That'll be ugly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're they're probably like the second best. You know, it's interesting. On it is interesting though. We talk about all the individual talent. You know, it's it's Kofi and it's uh, it's uh, it's Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, and Trevion Williams, Jaden Ivey. You know, all these all these individual players that we keep talking about, and Michigan State might be the best team in the league. And that's a team that's it's a uh, it's a whole is greater than the sum of the parts deal where oh, the, individu- the individual talent doesn't jump off the page for that group and yet they just kind of kill they still just they just keep chugging along. Yeah, it's been honestly it's been a very good coaching job on Izzo's part, and it's not even March yet. That's the yeah, that's exactly what Tom is. You know, Tom Izzo just doesn't get enough respect. You know, nobody mentions him up there with one of the with some of the best coaches in the country. You look at uh, you know their Ken Palm numbers. They're twenty eighth in offense, twenty second in defense, nineteenth total in in Ken Palm right now, which is actually man, we got one. So two. slow and steady wins the race there. They're third and they're third in the Big Ten right now in in Ken Palm's rankings. Number one is Purdue. They're sixth in the country. Uh, they play no defense. I'm a little worried about Purdue's lack of defense. Yeah, they they, like, they could end up being last year or this year's Iowa team from a year ago. Yeah, that's what like that's all what, that's the a, talent offensively, but just gets blown out by a seven seed in the second round. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm a little worried about that. Like they they have a hard time defending. Like the the, the games they've lost now. Uh, Ron Harper went for like thirty two, and yep. Johnny Davis went for thirty seven. And I guess on one hand you can think, okay, but like what's the likelihood it's going to take? If it's going to take like an all American performance from somebody to beat us. Uh, so be it, you know, we're, we're going to have to live with that because those guys are capable of doing that. On the other hand, it's like, why can't we turn the water off on those kind of guys? You know what I mean? Like yep. there's something wrong with that team where they can't stop some of those guys. Um, something to worry about, I guess, with Purdue, they're, they're going to win a ton of games, but when it's on, when it comes to like winning the entire thing, that's a, that's a concern. Um, Illinois heating up. I think they've, they've been playing really well. They just beat, who did they just beat the other night that was decent? They beat Maryland. I think Maryland's okay, yeah. not great. But uh, Illinois looks good. Um, you know, from early season, they started the year just really slow. I think they're yeah. kind of rounding into form. Has Curbelo figured it out yet? He's not even in the lineup. He's been out. Uh, he's still out? Yeah. Okay, shit. I'm trying to think uh, if he's coming back anytime soon. I don't even know. And I'm just scrolling through the week's games that have already happened. Um and I don't know if you have any other ones you want to touch on. I see Villanova crushed Creighton. Yeah, how was that? A 55-point – it's like a 55-point turnaround. Yeah, 36-22. Yeah, ridiculous. It won by – I'm just doing math in my head here. 34. And it was close for about the first 10 minutes of the game, and then Villanova just took it to them. Yeah, Villanova uh, got Caleb Daniels back. That was nice. But um, it does seem like they are – <sighs> they're they're running the Big East again after that weird ass loss to Creighton to start the to start Big East play. Um, 
they they've now beaten Seton Hall. They beat, I believe they beat Xavier. Uh, did they beat Providence as well? I think Villanova's basically beaten all of the other kind of quote-unquote contenders in the league. So uh, maybe Villanova just needed to get to Big East play to start being like, hey, we'll flex our muscles now. Yeah. They just control the Big East, but not non-con. Um, Was there other- a thing about Belmont joining the Missouri Valley a few months ago? I know there's a lot of teams just switching here and like I don't know if I've heard Belmont specifically I feel like I remember Belmont was joining let's just say it was Belmont was going to join the Missouri Valley I think starting next year Um, there's a report out there that now Missouri uh, no uh, Murray State will also be joining the Missouri Valley oh that's kind of intriguing those are those are the two best teams in the Ohio Valley which which kind of sucks for that league but um, that could make the Missouri Valley a pretty fun league now you're talking about you know uh, Loyola, Chicago, Northern Iowa, Drake, Fav- Murray favorite, State, Belmont. Favorite team named after a rap star. Yeah, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good group. Of, like that. That's probably that. That probably elevates that conference in terms of puts yeah, it up there maybe with like the A10 and the Mountain West in terms of yeah. mid majors. And if they get even better, put them up with the AAC. Yeah, well, the AAC is going to probably be going down now too. Yeah, especially well, like Memphis hasn't done much. Um, Houston's been, still been impressive, even with their injuries. Um, they they just seem like no matter who they put out there, they're just gonna win by five or ten. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. They will. Uh, from a conference perspective, yeah, all those teams are gonna be leaving soon anyway. But yeah. but yeah, right now it's like the AAC's. It's Houston and friends. You know. Yeah. Um, let's see. Any other games to uh, talk about before we get into this week's slate of games? I would say the other the, a couple of mid major results that were that were kind of uh, interesting. Uh, Loyola Chicago played San Francisco last week on like a Thursday, which was super random. It played at like mm-hmm. noon. I remember thinking like when I was going through the schedule, kind of thinking of games that I'd like to check out. The game was at like noon. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But uh, two of the better mid major kind of outfits around the country. I, I'm really intrigued to see San Francisco when they get into WCC play because like. You know, obviously Gonzaga, we've we've kind of just they've kind of fallen off the radar just because they haven't played any big games here lately. But nope. I just watched BYU and St. Mary's Saturday night. Like St. Mary's didn't look great. BYU, I, after like they started the year amazing, but I, I don't think they they haven't looked as good here to me to my to my eye. I'm curious to see if San Francisco can maybe maybe there's a path for them to like can they be the second or third best team in the WCC? And if so. Maybe that conference has enough respect where can they get three bids? Yeah. I'd love to see it. Um, This is an opportunity, though, that you miss because it would have been really nice to get a win over a good Loyola Chicago team. And Loyola Chicago is really good. Their only loss is really at the beginning of the year they lost to Michigan State in a game where where you kind of thought, I think Michigan State had a buzzer beater to win the game. But that was before Michigan State really had, like, the the, the top ten ranking in front of their name. So the win wasn't as, you know, it just wasn't – they weren't really on the radar yet. And then I think they lost maybe another game in that tournament to another high-level team. But Lula Chicago's legit. So a yep. um, couple of really good you know, mid-major clubs playing. And then St. Louis beat Iona, another team. Uh, A-10, I think SLU looks like one of the better teams in the A-10 right now, yep. uh, along with Davidson. You know, The team that everybody thought was going to be really good, the two teams, I guess, Richmond and St. Bonaventure, uh, they're just kind of like – Yeah, what I happened to Bonnie's? No, no, no. They're just, they're just not that great. And that league as a whole is just really t- – it's, it's solid, you know. So, like, they're not going to be able to just rack up wins over people. Yep. 
Speaking of games in the middle of the day, have you ever, as a teacher, you've been, you've been teaching for a few months now, have you ever just brought in like the TV to show them a movie and then you just sit back and watch college basketball on your phone? Well, see, there's never any game. I guess there's, I, I probably could have done that, I guess, on yeah. last week because we were watching one of the books we just got done reading. We, we, we like to show them the movies yep. because it's really educational for them. You know, so many kids pay attention. Uh, it's really good for me because I can get some grading done. What what's the one where the dude kills a dog by mistake? I can't think of that book. Of Mice and Men, right? Uh, I haven't read that one. Oh, that one man. I think I might be a. Is that a soft? Well, I teach sophomores. I don't know if that's. I don't know if we. I don't know if we have that one on our on our list here this year for okay. Brandon. But okay. Um, yeah, no, we we read The Great Gatsby, which. Uh, I no, don't really, I, I, I didn't care for it. It's not, it's not my favorite book. None of the students like it either. I don't think, but we watched the movie. And, um, I could have got, I got a lot of grading done. So it was really nice. Nice. And students learned a lot. Perfect. Chasing that American dream in the 1920s. <laughs> All right. And that's the literature portion of our show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't repeat the past apparently. So there we go. Let's, uh, let's get into this week's games and, you know, we're recording this Sunday morning. I see, Wisconsin Maryland is about the only Sunday game I see. Do you have any other ones? Uh, Minnesota plays Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's what I have. This I have it just on top twenty-five games. That's why I'm not. Oh, getting don't do that. You just got to look at the schedule. The schedule. I'm on the score. I always go to the scores one. Cincinnati plays Memphis. Uh, a game, I guess, if we are obligated to continue caring about Memphis, that's a that's one that could be intriguing. Well, they have good. NBA talent, so yeah. we have to. Right, and college. And so yeah. that's huge. And then Cincinnati just absolutely boat raced SMU the other night, which is, I think, pretty impressive because if Memphis isn't going to be the best team or the second best team in the uh, AAC, I would have put I would put SMU up there. And Cincinnati's like, hey, remember us. Hubie was probably feeling the pressure. Uh, you go to that Virginia game and you lose yep. after Wes Miller beats SMU by 30. I'm thinking, okay, I, I need to probably get my shit going here. So, I don't know, maybe so, Cincinnati's good. So, you talked about, you know, or I think I said the NBA thing with Memphis. But, you know, I, you've complained about the NBAification, or however you say it, of college basketball and how, like, every time a player scores a bucket, it's like, oh, this is an NBA player. There is an announcer, I can't remember who it was, and I can't remember what game it was, but talking about bringing up the fact that, like, he's heard other people complain about this. So, I think that means he listens to our show. Probably. Hopefully. Yeah. But, and uh, he tried to like sort of justify it by saying, you know, the NBA gives these college kids something to play for. And so like, we should really embrace it. Uh, disagree, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah. I don't know either. The NBA uh, gives them something to play for. Yeah. Like they, they wouldn't be playing so hard if the NBA wasn't an option in the future. Sort of yep. All right. Sure. So <laughs> I wish I, I, I wish I could remember. Guys who have absolutely no shot of making the NBA. That's why they play hard. Yeah. For whatever maybe, announcer maybe they, that maybe, is. Maybe, maybe if, if what he's saying is all these kids are delusional and they play hard out of this misplaced delusion that maybe if I play hard, I'll make the NBA. Um, I, I still, I still disagree, but if that's the case, then yeah, thanks NBA. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's go over to uh, Monday and I don't really see much here. Uh, our dogs play Monday night. That's a day we can take off of college hoops. Uh, there are Oregon versus Oregon State. Nice little uh, civil war. Yeah, exactly. Do they call it that for basketball? I know they do when they play oh, for football, but can you have two civil wars? 
this uh, isn't good. Probably bigs. actually, that's kind of scary thought. How is okay? So I know one of my bets with you was Oregon State finishes ahead of Utah and Washington State in the regular season. Uh, I, I, mean, I see. I see. Okay. Oregon State is three and ten, which obviously it's we're just doing conference records here. But three and ten, that means they're not very good. So I don't feel good about that one either. I don't think Utah's been all that great here lately. Yeah, Utah's behind them. So, <laughs> but they have to beat. They have to go ahead both of them. This one, okay, maybe it'll be closer than I think. Let's look Utah's one and five in the league. Wow, yikes. Okay, what about Washington State? Washington State right now is two and two. They're currently fifth. Uh, that one, okay. I don't think I'm winning that one. That one might be a push. All right, let's go over to Tuesday. And at this point, Biggs will probably be suffering from a hangover after watching Bama beat Georgia now. Yeah, either way, I want to be drunk for that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing USC Stanford. I'm seeing ooh, Texas Tech Baylor. That's a big one from Tuesday night. On ESPN3, huh? They couldn't uh, – They we got to see Kentucky against Vanderbilt, you know, because we have to see those those NBA prospects. Yeah, NBA vacation. Yeah, silly. Big Blue Nation, I guess, just running the world. Who's on ESPN2? Maybe they'll bump that to ESPN2. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know what's on ESPN2 that night, but uh, it'd be really stupid to have. Oh, and then would, uh, Iowa you, State versus Kansas, too. Yeah, you heard the rant the other night from uh, from Titus, right, about how how Baylor was on ESPNU on a day on, on New Year's Day, which is a day that belongs to college football. And he's like, this is exactly what's wrong with college groups. We need a czar that'll just come in and say, wrong, fix it, and, and leave or whatever. <laughs> I was like, this is a, yet another 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 bullet in the chamber of the college basketball needs a uh, a czar saying, wrong, fix it. Is We have one versus probably like Texas Tech will probably be ranked, I don't know, 20, 22, whatever. It's a ranked matchup though. Why is that on ESPN 3? Yeah. Well, Kentucky versus Vanderbilt is on ESPN getting Jay Billis and Dan Shulman. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. Because I'm going to have to open up my ESPN app just to watch this game, and it's not easy. I don't even know if I have ESPN3, so now I'm going to have to probably try to get that. Does your does your ESPN ever do it where it just, you're scrolling down, but all of a sudden it decides, like, nope, I'm going to put you back at the top of the page, and it just puts you back up there? Yeah, it's it's irritating. It okay. is. Um, the only one. Maybe the TV schedule just isn't quite out yet, because I'm almost certain – I'm almost certain that uh, that Auburn Alabama game will probably be on ESPN as well. Yeah, they don't list they don't even list a network for that one. I see I'll see Purdue Michigan, I'll see Oklahoma Texas. Tuesday's a big night of games. It's meaty. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, even in that six o'clock window, Dayton versus St. Louis is uh, yeah. that's probably going to be like a CBS Sports Network game. I bet uh, that's a that's two of the better teams in the A10. That one could be yeah. kind of fun. We got Providence Creighton at eight. That could be a good one. Oh, if you have the Longhorn Network, you could watch Texas versus Oklahoma. I saw. I was wondering what LHN was. That makes sense now. Yep. Um, <laughs> boy, yeah. How about talk about like the shine coming off a game uh, like uh, two months ago? How excited would we have been for Purdue at Michigan? I know. And now and, like, I, this is a national title preview. Well, when we did our Big Ten preview, we were talking about which team is you know better, which one's the crown bearer to begin the season. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty clear now that it's Minnesota. Yeah, definitely not Michigan. They suck. <laughs> uh, let's see, do you have any other Tuesday games? Uh, that looks like it so far. Now, the 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 obviously the large caveat that I suppose we're obligated to mention is that hopefully none of these games get taken out because of COVID. Oh, I keep forgetting that. That still that totally sucks balls. So hopefully it doesn't happen. Although honestly, if a couple of them do, that would make it easier for me to watch. Uh, 
yeah, like all the games. You know, if I don't have too many games, then I can then I can really focus in. So hopefully a couple of them do actually. Uh, let's see, Villanova Xavier on Wednesday night. Uh, Duke Wake Forest, Minnesota, Michigan State, LSU, Florida. That's all in the six o'clock window. That's pretty. That's that's meaty as well. I need to go buy another TV. Yeah. And this, oh, Utah State, Colorado State, Colorado State. That one could be good. Utah, Utah State's good, aren't they? They're ten and five. Okay. So they're not bad. Oh, Virginia Tech, Virginia. Now, is that a civil war as well, or is it just Oregon, Oregon State? I'd say that's a civil war because yeah. you know those two teams are on pretty similar level. Like I could see Virginia beating Virginia Tech. I could too. Um, let's see. Yeah, after that, it's nothing, nothing, yeah, nothing much. Not much. Moving on to Thursday, there's just a lot of games, and I don't know if it's just because it's the conference season and like there's all these like added in rivalries and storylines, but it seems like there's a handful of games every single night that I want to watch. Well, there's going to be a lot of inventory now, especially because A, we are into conference play, and B, college football is no longer taking up TV inventory, you know? Let's see. Ohio State-Wisconsin on Thursday night. Yeah, that, that one. That Ohio State was the team that beat Wisconsin by like 20 a couple weeks ago, so maybe uh, maybe there will be some juice for that one. I'm going to be so confused about Like, I've got this thing. So, like, Iowa-Purdue, I always mix up. I kind of do it with Ohio State and Wisconsin too, for some reason. Mm, they are I very similar. Why. Yeah. Uh, Indiana at Iowa, and then Oregon plays UCLA as well. So those are kind of some evening games. We'll probably get maybe Bill Walton will be on the call for that one. Oh, I hope so. Do, do a Bill Walton impression. <laughs> I I have to be in the right mindset. I, <laughs> I can't just channel my inner Bill Walton. <laughs> Um, ooh, BYU at Gonzaga as well. That one will probably be one of those where Gonzaga ends up winning by 40. They play like three good games a year in the conference, and you know they usually get one good one with BYU. I, I, I doubt it will be this one, but maybe. feels like Gonzaga hasn't played in forever, Yeah. even though they played last night. I'm already into Friday here, by the way. There probably won't be much. No, I see not much. I'm like Mich- chasing Mich- you Michigan, right now. Illinois, Michigan, Illinois, I see. Richmond, uh, Davidson. Both BCU, those are watchable. BCU, same bottom venture. You know, that's that's more than I thought. That's three what I would consider at least like watchable ball games. Yeah. So not bad. Uh, my, my calendar got messed up here. Saturday, you've got NFL playoffs going on basically all day. So it'll be interesting to see Tennessee, Kentucky at noon. That could be kind of fun. Did you see Ty, you got Ty Ty Washington had 17 assists yesterday for Kentucky. Really? 17 dimes. That's pretty good. I just like I I like to think I understand basketball somewhat, but it's odd to me bit. how like Severe Wheeler got hurt a couple of games ago, and now Ty Ty Washington has taken over like the point guard duties. Yep. And he goes from averaging like three assists a game or two and a half assists. He has 17. And like I saw, like a like a like a like a uh, like a draft scout analyst talk about how he's really struggled playing off the ball, uh, you know, because of severe Wheeler, and he's more of a point guard. You know, he finally he looked comfortable the other day because he got to play point guard. And I just are are guys so finicky? Like you're either on the ball, or, like there's only one ball. So technically, if you're on the ball, there's four guys that are off the ball. Is he so bad that like he he absolutely just needs to have? Does he need to literally bring the ball up the floor to feel comfortable? I don't. 
I don't get that. Like people always talk about guys who who can't play off the ball or they they only need to play with the ball. It's like, well, are you incapable? Of, like you can you can have is, is, is this a is this a ball. is this a big man versus guard sort of argument or a uh, big men don't complain about not being in the right situation? So why do guards? No, uh, maybe I guess I I just don't understand why like. Basketball teams have played with multiple point guards for years. Yep. So, like, I guess I don't understand why when when there's one other point guard, why can't you play with another point guard? Why are you so uncomfortable? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, just, I know. So, and... Wheeler doesn't have the ball the entire shot clock. So, when Ty Ty Washington gets the ball, can't he just play like a point guard in this moment? You know what I mean? might I just be like a in-your-head thing where it's like, okay, I'm point guard now, which means I need to distribute and I need to set other guys up. Okay, now all of a sudden – I'm now two, I'm the shooting I'm two, guard, which means yeah, I need to shoot. shoot. Exactly. Now I'm the small forward, which means I'm small. <laughs> now I'm the power forward, which means I need to play powerful. <laughs> now I'm the center, which means I only have to be in the center of the floor the entire game. <laughs> maybe. Maybe Ty Ty is just that literal. You know? Yes. <laughs> but, I don't uh, need yeah, to worry about playing center, though. No, I don't think so. Well, no. Although basketball is getting smaller. True. Uh, Arkansas, LSU, Arkansas with an opportunity there. Maybe Ar- Arkansas, show me something. Texas, we Iowa lost State. again yesterday. Texas, Iowa State. We got. Um, it might take me days to scroll down the Saturday slate. And again, this is all with a caveat that these games might not even happen. Syracuse, Florida State. Yeah. Winner, winner just goes home. Loser leaves town. But then, even if Syracuse loses, Bayheim will be arguing in a month that he they should be in the tournament. Yeah, they oddly probably will too. He's got some sort of Bayheim magic. Yeah, he has photos. His magic is he gets his team into the tournament when they're a five hundred team. Yeah, you're right though. This Saturday slate is not Bama, is not, Mississippi State. It's not as meaty. Yeah, no, it isn't. It's not as honestly not, the the, the game not, like, like, like Tuesday and Thursday was better than the Saturday slate. Yeah, which I suppose they're the NFL games coming up. But I wish I had an ESPN Plus because Belmont plays Murray State. That could be a good one. I, I think. gave you my login for that, Biggs. I might have to steal your login. Yeah, Murray State's yeah. twelve and two. But no, Saturday's sort of underwhelming. Yeah, which is okay because all those NFL games and BYU San Francisco is out the bottom. Ooh, that, that perks my interest. Yeah, I'd watch That's- that one. Yeah, Sunday might even be better, to be honest, but we'll save that one for next week. All right. Um. Yeah, Any anything else you got? Nope, I'm all out of ideas. All righty, we'll see you guys next week. All right, bye.